0: But in happier okay. news, uh, guess who's got their first shot? Guess who got their first shot? Yeah nice
1: brats josh
0: thanks yeah i went to i had to go to freaking elmhurst to get it done of all places wow oh oh oh, vaccine
2: shot okay yeah yeah
0: yeah COVID vaccine um i was wearing a yankees mask and the guy is like all right two rules one stay in line keep six feet apart two smile behind your mask this guy's wearing a yankees mask so that's easy for him
1: (laughs) of course Nice.
2: (laughs) and but not for nothing if if, let's say, Lean would have come, well, if Lean's family were to come through with a mess, mess they'd probably be smiling, too.
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, anyway, hi, folks. Uh, Josh, Lean, and Kiyoshi. We are all back here with the Yankees Mets what's Express, up, what's up? part of Elite Sports NY, Crossing Broad, Warwick Gaming, and XL Media. Uh, we're back after the layoff. We just we needed some time off last week, mm-hmm. but lots happened uh, in Yankee land. Uh, first things first, uh, good news. Brett Gardner's officially back yes he Woo-hoo! is lean, day
1: of my life yeah uh
0: <laughs> lean has uh got the shrine in her closet ready to go like burning all the incense getting <laughs> wow. ready for the guardy party to come back
1: oh yeah oh yeah I'm I so
2: mean, ready for the guardy party yeah
0: mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be great because look clint frazier is there in left field right mm-hmm. he's there as the fourth
2: outfielder like i'm okay with brett gardner as the fourth outfielder there were even talks of him starting too
1: He'll
2: he'll probably
1: start like someone gets hurt, dude. Who's he gonna start over? Like, no way. He'll
0: probably get two, he'll probably start Mm -hmm. like maybe one, two games a week just for because if let's say judge needs a day off, just like a maintenance day. Right. You could, put, you could put Frazier in right field. No problem. In fact, I'd even argue he's a better right fielder than he's a left fielder. I mean, I'm hoping yeah, we're sure.
2: not we're not doing like the load management shit like some NBA teams do with load management with like load management for, for Georgia Stanton. I mean, like we mentioned on like episode or two ago, they started doing yoga. So hopefully that can keep them on the field hopefully you know 140 150 150 games
0: if the, if we can that. get if we could get each of judge and stand a day off a week that's good enough for me
1: mm-hmm. right i'm cool with that too
2: yeah. yeah i mean i don't know i feel like with josh and even you too lean like i feel like we all for for something we come from an era where guys played every day every day Jeter played every day yeah I mean not to go too far back but you know going back to Gehrig and Demandrio played damn near every day Kyle Ripken
0: played every day
2: Kyle Ripken right so I feel like we our generation to 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 a certain degree was has been kind of spoiled by guys that that play every day now granted um as we get more into analytics and and athletes taking better care of their bodies and I guess an, an issue with a good issue with the Yankees is that we have, you know, this depth of of talent of, of I guess, not replaceable talent, but pieces you can mix and match and and, and, right. and put around. It's a good problem to have, but I'm hoping that, like I said, Stanton and Judge can give us, you know, 130, 140 games. I'd be happy with that. Yeah,
1: yeah that, that that's the dream for sure. Mm.
0: It's really the dream. And Gardner, even though he's grandpa bred at this point, he still plays he at is. a very high level. Whatever he's losing, in terms of batting average, the fact that he still sees more than four pitches per at bat, yeah. I mean that's a valuable asset to have.
1: Yeah, still gets on base, still plays elite defense, still oh, I mean, has he plays, still speed. plays
0: above elite defense. Jeez. Mm-hmm.
2: And but, but see that that I'm, I'm sorry, Lean. Go ahead.
1: No, no, that, that that's all I was going to say. You're good.
2: I, I feel like with Brett Gardner, and I can understand Lean why, you know, essentially why you fuck with him is because of the fact that he does play defense and he does have that speed. But I think something like I alluded to the last episode, his batting average has dropped every single year. So I'm I'm still thinking, you know, do is this the guy that we want to start every single day versus Frazier, who I would like to think is maybe. I mean, maybe Boone's already said Frazier's younger. the starting left fielder.
1: Yeah, like, there's there's no way that Gardner starts. Yeah, honestly, like, I, think, I think we're at okay. a point Perfect. where, like, no one, even, like, me, for example, like, I'm a die, Brett Gardner's my favorite player, diehard Brett Gardner fan. There's no way in hell that I want him taking the starting left field job over Clint Frazier. I think if you ask any diehard Brett Gardner fan, they'd probably say <laughs> the same thing unless they're, like, delusional. So, and like what Josh just said, Aaron Boone has basically confirmed that, Clint Frazier is the Yankee starting left fielder. So we don't we don't really have to worry about that.
2: So I'd imagine it'd be Frazier, Judge and Hicks. Hit. Oh.
0: And Hicks yeah. says his says his uh his arm they had Tommy John on. He's had a hundred percent strength. Yeah.
1: Okay. So no, I'm really excited to watch Hicks. So,
2: yeah, for so, sure. So actually this works out well because now bringing bringing back in Gardner, we will um He'll be uh, he'll be like a veteran guy, good fed- veteran presence guy instead of someone that's kind of expected to play every single day, which is what yeah. I was nervous about, because you can't expect someone who's over, who's on, I guess, what would be considered no offense, Josh, but like the wrong side of 30 to play every day.
0: And I know I'm on the wrong side of 30. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm 35 on Tuesday. You can oh, really? That. Yeah. It's
2: crazy. Well, you know, if I don't see, well, happy belated.
0: In or advance, happy early. You know? yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah,
2: you know, hopefully we can link up, but you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now here's a bigger question with Brett Gardner because James mentioned this um, when I was doing Bleacher Creatures with him a few days ago. Uh, what happens to Mike Talkman? Now that Gardner's back,
1: I, I feel like Talkman and Gardner are going to be in a bit of a competition for the uh, fourth outfield, or I guess if you throw Stan in there, it's the fifth outfield role. But mm. um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be a competition between the two. I think Gardner has a bit of the edge though because like yeah. of who he is and the standing that he holds within the Yankees organization. But right. um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know if talkman, if what we saw from Talkman two years ago, when he kind of goes through a stretch where he's just playing out of his mind both in the field and at the plate, then he might start getting more games than Gardner. But mm-hmm. I don't know, that's kind of how I envision that scenario working out this season. Yeah,
2: I mean, if anything, it's a good problem to have to have this abundance of outfielders that we can choose from that are athletic, that can potentially steal bases. You know, like, like I said, it's a a great problem to have. So, if anything, but it's also kind of weird, and I feel kind of a bit of a disservice to keep a potential talent like Mike, like Talkman, in the minors when maybe. Push come to shove, maybe trade him. Get, 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 um, I, get I'm actually glad, Kyoshi, that maybe? you mentioned
0: that. I'm actually very glad you mentioned that because, uh, Talkman spoke, uh, to the media a little bit today. It turns out the reason he was so bad last year, like he just forgot how to hit fastballs, his shoulder was bothering him, right? Okay. And and he's saying like I worked out this offseason. I got a better idea of hitting of the hitting point. I can keep my bat level. I got a better idea of velocity. I also played first base in college, so I'll play there if they want me to. Right. I have oh God. I can't believe I'm going to be like the the black cloud on the show right here. I have no black faith. cloud. <laughs> the dark. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. The uh, the the <laughs> gray the, cloud. The the storm cloud.
1: No, there we go. Right
0: yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the storm cloud on the. There we go. On the storm I'm gonna be the heavy thunderstorm hurricane cloud over this. I do not have faith that Mike Talkman is going to be a Yankee on Opening Day.
1: None. Ooh, Josh. So okay, Kiyoshi. Uh, you yes. you like missed it before you like arrived to the show. Josh and I spoke about Mike Talkman like on several occasions. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. And- I kind of was very vocal about my opinion. I loved what Mike Talkman like brought to the table when we acquired him. And like, you know, he is a very good defender and like has good speed and is a good runner and stuff. But I personally like do not have faith that he is a legitimate like MLB talent. I thought that his first year with the Yankees, I thought that was a complete fluke and not like, I don't care if his shoulder was bothering him or whatever. I really do not think that he can do what he did in his first season as a Yankee ever again. Um, And so Josh going off what you just said, uh that's it's weird to hear you say that that you don't even think he's gonna be a Yankee on opening day. Well,
0: well, no, but like because assume... uh Ki- sorry to interrupt, Kyoshi Kiyo- mentioned like, oh, maybe trade him. I should also point out Mike Talkman doesn't have any more minor league options, they can't just like, keep him in extended yeah. spring training or send him to Scranton. If they decide, like, hey, there there isn't a roster spot for him, they he can't go to the Myers until he clears waivers. And there are enough outfield needy teams out there. I was saying this to James. There is a home for Mike Talkman in MLB, just not with the Yankees. Right.
1: Yeah. I right. mean, I, I didn't sorry. expect him to finish the season as a Yankee. That's for sure. I thought yeah. he would get moved at some point, but opening day, I don't, you do bring up a good argument though. So that might be the case. Cause I don't, I don't think he'll clear waivers either. So I guess we'll see. Kiyoshi, yeah. sorry. I, I yeah. Kiyoshi,
0: you, you've got, you've been like chipping at the bit to, uh, to say something here. What have you got?
1: Yeah, no, it's
2: it's all good. I'm. I was just thinking, like I said, that this is a this is a good problem to have to have. P- potentially five out, yeah, yeah, five outfielders. Yeah. Really, not actually, really six with with Stanton that we can use whenever we want. But we know that because we're already because we re-signed Gardner, which honestly, hot take. I know Lean might not agree with this, but I feel we could have done without him. But I can see That's his clubhouse yeah. presence. I can yeah. see his clubhouse, clubhouse presence, and sometimes having a good vibe and having like good, I guess, that kind of good energy around the team helps, indirectly and directly. So it really well, does. there you go. You, you're gonna, you, you know, we have Judge, we we, we have Hicks for what well, I think six, five or six more years. Uh, he, he, so, uh, Judge has
0: three, including this year. He has. You saw
1: my Hicks, Josh. Yeah,
2: oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Hicks, like Hicks, yeah. Yeah, Hicks is like five or six more years, right? Uh, yeah, Hicks five.
0: is five. Yeah, five, five yeah, more exactly. years. Deal.
2: So it so it sucks that talking is the odd man out. But uh, if I were Brian Cashman, what I would do is that I would try to trade him very much outside the AL East. i don't want to trade him with within the within the division, and get back pitching because that's that's the one thing we need. It would be nice to get another just middle reliever. Maybe yeah. another bullpen guy. I trade Mike Shit, Talkman for a Bullpen army. I Why trade not? Mike Talkman for a bullpen army,
0: like like a six or seventh inning guy in a heartbeat. For
1: sure. Yeah. Why not? I, yeah. I, I wanted I actually during the season, Josh. When we were recording, I actually said that I wanted Mike Talkman to be traded last season because like I was really worried about his value decreasing. Yeah, he wanted and, to sell high. Right, ah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So
2: especially coming off of t- 2019, yeah, that makes, yeah, saying, that makes sense. You're saying,
1: bro. So yeah, like mm. I'm. That's what I was hoping for, and uh, I hope that he still does have some value in the eyes of other MLB teams. Mm. So
0: it's gonna be really tough. Like, uh, hold on, I gotta readjust this baseball hat. Get like this dead animal on my, under my head under control. that a Knicks hat. No, no, it's a, it's an old Milwaukee Brewers hat. Oh.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. Really. Um, yeah, quick story with this hat. Uh, 2016, uh, I have a friend who's a huge Brewers fan. Okay. He wanted to go watch Brewers Mets. And I went, okay, well, I'm not going to be the dick who walks into oh, the right. city field wearing a Yankees hat. I went down to Paragon on 17th Street and actually bought this hat just for the game.
2: But hold on. As Yankee fans, we're almost obligated to have just a little bit of obnoxiousness. And it's in New York. Like, yeah, people dude, know. like that. The, the I don't Yankee know. Hat
1: yeah like i every time I roll up at city field like I'm rocking Yankees gear even if it's a Mets and like someone else team game. See, I'll- I-
0: I'll do it. I'll do that if it's the Mets and let's say the Phillies, if it's a rivalry game, that's not the Subway series. Right. But this was 2016. The Brewers were pretty terrible that year. I didn't want to be yeah. that guy just to come in, hey, let's go Yankees when <laughs> when like, right. the Mets were fresh off a World Series appearance. The Yankees were like t- were like just about to tank their, their way the rest of the yeah, season. I don't
2: know where the hell we were. But even even with that, just rock a Yankee fitted and then just wear just like a shirt and shorts but you know have that fitted just so that people know people people are clear that you know what time it is it's fair and i feel like it's you know it's a it's a it's a staple of any just any outfit like that yankee fitted can obviously literally go with anything really so you is. cannot go wrong with a fitted even if it's just a fitted not a jersey just a sure. fitted white tee sneaks you know maybe oh. some air forces oh god speaking of jerseys my
0: wife got a dj lemay new jersey right after he signed his new deal yeah she's dude. so happy
1: legendary
2: <laughs> i don't blame her yeah why not uh what but anyway seen. okay back, no. back
0: back to talkman um i think he has a home in mlb uh, he's not going to play first base for the Yankees because oh, yeah. luke void has it locked down dj lemay who's going to switch over there as a leading defensive replacement
2: you still and got the, mike ford
0: exactly you, like, oh, mike, mike
1: ford sucks like, yeah, uh, Mike, Mike Ford is I uh, Mike Ford, oh my god
0: See, I I like Mike Ford because I think the moment the National League gets the DH, he's going to have job offers like for oh, days. dude, I
1: think he's terrible, right. I don't even, I think he should be in the KBO, like he's He'd so be a star bad. there,
0: but no, Mike Ford yeah. is a left-handed power bat who's a great on-base guy whose key to success <laughs> is getting daily reps and
2: Yeah, he, definitely. And it's support. also proof and not for nothing, it's also proof that chubby dudes can still rake
1: because remember (laughs) he's He's not so chubby and he's also yeah he's lost he's lost weight yeah
2: no for like if you
1: look at him spring training now my
0: man looks jacked
1: yeah okay well you, you're right there though, you Kyoshi. You're right. He was chubby at one point. So, right. yeah. Look, so and also, and last... also, he's a he's a
2: smart dude. He went to Harvard, right? Princeton. Yeah. Princeton. Oh sorry, Princeton. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Went to Princeton. Yeah. Uh but that. but
0: no, like last point we'll make on this before we move before we move on. Lean, how can you
1: hate Mike Ford? He's like baseball's version of Rudy. Uh, I mean Mm. no no like I don't care about like Mike Ford like whatever as a person as a character I guess he seems like a cool guy like he's always smiling and stuff whatever good energy but like he sucks like my heart drops every time I see him coming up to bat dude like he can't play defense he He can't hit he can't run for obvious reasons like he literally can't do anything bro he is very
0: much a first baseman
1: yeah and not even a good one
2: (laughs) I mean, as long as long as you can hit like above 250 and can he you cannot hit above 250. My guy. I I need I need Mike Talkman
0: to hit like between 200 and 230 and have a weighted on base average of about 340. That's what I need from him.
1: I mean, I yeah, him. that would be like remarkable.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. So we had the happy with Brett Gardner. Uh, feel bad for Mike Talkman. Now we're gonna feel even worse because we gotta talk about Domingo Herman. Again, mm-hmm. we've got to rehash this conversation. Again, we've got to make our opinions known about this. Again, oh, yes. uh, Lean, uh, you are the signature lady of the show. This is an issue that is really, this is your spotlight. Um, out of, like, just give us a recap, A, of what happened with Domingo Herman over the past couple of weeks, and B, just how you're personally feeling about it. Yeah.
1: I mean, like we've talked a great deal about Domingo Herman lately. So I don't like, we shouldn't spend too much time on this, but like basically it started off with him just kind of deleting things on social media and being like, thank you for everything, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that was like one of the greatest days of my life because I thought that he was done with the Yankees turned out not to be the case. And then, um, uh, uh, like shortly after that, uh, Zach Britton came out and said that My in a guy, very Zach controversial Britten. statement, he was like, "You don't. He doesn't have to prove anything to me. You don't choose who your teammates are. Sometimes Who's you team don't get to choose your teammates, yeah. are yeah." And um. And then more even more recently than that, Luke Voigt came out and was like, yeah, like he has the support of everyone in the locker room, but he's skating on thin ice. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's very clear that he's Domingo Herman is kind of like in a tough spot uh in the mm-hmm. locker room with his teammates for for very good reason. Um mm. and like me personally, again, I've made my feelings perfectly clear about this guy. Uh I don't like Domingo Hedman for hundreds of reasons, both being his performance on the field. I think he is criminally overrated. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he should be a starter for the Yankees or for any team, but specifically for the Yankees. And um, obviously off the field, the Yankees like are we're an organization that like they pride themselves in class and be in embodying things that, you know, like the good and honor and whatever, whatever. And it's really, it's honestly bad enough that Araldus Chapman is a Yankee, if we're being completely honest, to add Herman into that mix is, it's tough, you know? Especially as a Yankees fan, you want to see people who are wearing the pinstripes. You want to see like the best of the best. Guys like Aaron Judge, for example, guys like Brett Gardner, you know? Guys that have respect Mm. from everyone, in in their sport and the fan base and and the media whatever so it's very tough to see a guy like domingo herman having done what he did you know to to still be a yankee Uh, i still Mm. do have hope that he will not finish the season as a yankee Mm -hmm. I, i hope i'm not just being you know uh like optimistic and yeah that's just my view on it it's tough but i guess that's life right
2: uh,
0: kiyoshi how are you feeling right
2: now so i'm actually i'm looking at his stats and i noticed something so he went in his last season last playing season when 18 yeah. 2019 went 18 and 4 had a 403 era with 39 walks but 150 strikeouts so he had a career high in in walks and strikeouts, so I do uh, agree with lean a bit that he is a bit overrated. I mean, his but his his whip is his whip actually dropped. Actually. Well, here's his the whip very, was...
0: here's the very telling number because uh, you mentioned the four point oh three ERA. I crunched some numbers myself because I wrote an article recently saying how the Yankees have to just cut full ties with Herman. Yeah.
1: Right. Four
0: point oh three ERA. Uh, That's paired with a 4.72 fit, which means like, even though the ERA was 4.03, maybe a factor in the fielding independent of the pitching, his ERA was closer to five. Mm. And then the reason for the 18 wins, I crunched the numbers. The only reason he looked as good as he did in 2019, in games that he started, the Yankees averaged over six and a half runs per game. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
2: So it's kind of like in
1: 2019, he went through that stretch where he looked really really good he was unstoppable he
2: looked almost like the ace
1: but like we can't take that like stretch of games and be like this is domingo herman because that's literally not domingo herman and like what like josh what you just said like the yankees were scoring when he was on the mound for whatever reason they were getting on base they were scoring runs so savages in the box yeah exactly Luck played a big part in his success that season. And
0: I just want to also point out, he he made five appearances in the Dominican Winter League this uh, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. 7.16 ERA in those five games. Yeah, oh,
1: and I'm shit. expecting him to Seriously? do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, he, and, he and got and lit up. Yeah.
0: He got really lit up.
1: He's going to be just as bad this season, mark my words.
2: And I feel like the Dominican Winter League is maybe – right in between aaa and the majors because it's comprised of guys that might be in aaa and might be in them in probably currently in the majors now the winter
0: so. ball ac- across like not Damn. not just not just dr winter ball in in venezuela we'll throw puerto mm. rico in there we'll throw I, I think nicaragua has a league too mm. it's it's these leagues serve several purposes. It's for MLB guys to go play and stay fresh and not like and not worry about off season rust later on. And there's, and there's also guys who are trying to make comebacks, trying to like get international free agent deals. The league serves like several purposes, but if Domingo Herman, you have to figure even with this time away from the Yankees, he had like, was he sticking to a throwing regimen? Was he working out? Mm. If a seven. We saw Gary Sanchez play in the Dominican Winter League. He's smacking balls left and right. Right. He's he's, he's the cracking. Yeah. Domingo Herman comes on, pitches to a seven ERA yes. against not a ton of MLB talent. I'm not
1: optimistic about this guy. That's very yeah. concerning. Exactly. Yeah. Yes.
2: So if anything, I guess the biggest hope is this year he has to turn it around. Otherwise, well. I, otherwise, he's got. Otherwise, he got to get. You know, he either got to cut him or we got to trade him. The
0: good news for the Yankees, him down to the minor leagues. The good news for the Yankees and for those who don't want Domingo Herman on the team is that the fifth starters race it is an open competition this year. We got Herman, right? Davy Garcia, right. I think he deserves a fair shot.
2: That's right. Um, yeah,
0: Michael King, who I am very excited to watch pitch tomorrow, because he said, uh, I think he told Brian Hoke, uh, the Yankees uh, beat writer for MLB.com, he said, like, one problem I had last year, I didn't have a third pitch. And, mm-hmm. and it sounds like he spent the offseason working on one. And he's yeah. got – and I noticed towards the end he learned how to spin his fastball a little bit better to get more swinging strikes. But there's Garcia. There's Hermione. Yeah. There's Michael King. We mm-hmm. can even do an opener with uh, Luis Sessa or Nestor Cortez is in camp again. The yeah. Yankees have options, is my point. You don't have, the,
1: yeah, yeah. Like L'Oisega.
0: I mean, I, I mean, yep. Loaiza needs to be a reliever full time, but that's just me. Um, oh no, fo- I'm with
1: you. I'm just naming guys. Yeah.
0: yeah. The, the point is, the Yankees have options, for sure. And like, and the fifth starter doesn't have to be someone who's going to go out and eat innings. Yeah. If David Garcia is the fifth starter, makes let's say twenty five starts and pitches to a like a high threes, low mid fours ERA, that's fine with me. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Because I mean, he's not even 21 yet. I don't think. I, I right? think he is 21. Yeah,
1: I think he's oh, okay. 21, yeah. Even but still, still yeah. You, know,
2: you can't yeah. expect that much from, from a guy that just got called up. Like, Yeah. And dude, it's up only his up
1: history. for a year from him, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, Herman is definitely, like, he's infinitely more expendable than he was the last time that he was, like, a member of this team. Um, and I, I, I mean... Dude, yeah, I, I don't I don't I really don't think he has a future on this team. Like, even if even if he
0: pitches to a 0.00 ERA in several spring yeah. training outings, there's so much other bullshit going on where like I don't understand why we're giving this guy the time of day. Like, sure. like Lindsay Adler has put it out there. He got drunk at CC's charity event, slapped his girlfriend. Like, right. full stop. That that's enough for me. Get him out. And, yeah, exactly. But like but I, I said this to James. Let's, let's say for for now, let's assume that Lindsey Adler did not drop that piece that to this day, we're still in the dark about what actually happened, yeah? Right. Yeah. He's messing around on Instagram. He's deleting all his posts and then putting them back twice. That's someone who like kind of gets in their feelings to the point where I don't want them to be a distraction on yeah. or off the field. Exactly. Right. Like we live in this age of social media now where uh, you have to start teaching players, this is how you can and cannot act on Twitter, right. on Instagram, on
1: Facebook. I just want to yeah. like uh give a quick analogy, if you guys don't mind, like very, very mm-hmm. briefly. I don't want to get into it a lot. But um yeah, like, we uh, I, I Kyoshi, I don't know how much you watch hockey. Josh, I know that you know like a little bit of the story. We watch a little bit of hockey. You probably do. But um the New York Rangers, their defenseman, Tony D'Angelo, very like it's a different situation, but um Tony D'Angelo uh basically has a history of being very problematic. Uh, He would, he's made racist comments to teammates in the past. He's, uh, you know, been suspended on several occasions and he's bounced around from team to team because he's had so many problems. And um, this season, I guess during the off season, um, he was, he's very active on social media Mm -hmm. in a terrible way. Uh, Very vocal Donald Trump supporter. He made light of the COVID-19 outbreak and of the pandemic in general, saying we shouldn't take it seriously, whatever, whatever. Um, among brutal. among other things, he threatened to fight a fan on Twitter. He's, yeah, not He's a, a great yeah. guy.
2: Sounds like a worse version of Trevor Bauer.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Similar to Trevor Bauer, way worse, but yeah. The um,
0: difference is Trevor Bauer, like, once Trump got kicked off Twitter, is that Trevor Bauer didn't tweet out or put out on Instagram. Uh, yeah, social media censoring everyone. Bye, I'll see. I'm going to Parlor.
1: Right, exactly. So... Um, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, he yeah. literally did that, dude. He deleted his uh, social media and was like, I'm moving to Parlor now. He's... Anyway, um, so yeah. yeah, and, like, I guess the Rangers refused to admit it, but, like, He was on a short leash coming into the season. And, uh, you know, uh, there was a situation where he got into a fight with the Rangers' backup goaltender, Alexander Georgiev, and uh, he was immediately placed on waivers after that. And Tony D'Angelo last season, okay, like, I always thought he was overrated because he's he's awful defensively speaking, which is a problem for a defenseman. But yeah. last year, he oh, yeah. was, yeah, last year he was the fourth highest scoring defenseman in the NHL. He was valuable to the Rangers, especially on the power play. He did a lot of good on the ice for the Rangers. Um, so but that's the thing even though he was so valuable they did they did the right thing they cut ties with him because he was a distraction like what Josh was saying about Herman. oh and not he, not, not,
0: not to not to mention Herman also like he had that play in media session which he then canceled because he's like oh I want to address my teammates first and then Chapman has to go
1: out and answer for him yeah exactly like this stuff is just and that that's what I'm saying like the, the Rangers did that with Tony D'Angelo who is infinitely more valuable to them than Domingo German is to the Yankees? Right. So I'm just hoping that they follow the same example and just get rid of this guy sooner rather than later. So
0: yeah, I mean, I think I'll I think I'll put a pin in the Herman sock with a very yeah. uh, hearty and heartfelt <laughs> right then and there. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, but speaking of pitchers who could take Herman's place, uh, one who will not be doing it is Clark Schmidt. Oh, yeah, Uh, he's got what uh, Boone called a right extensor strain uh, in his in his pitching elbow. Thankfully, the MRI, it doesn't show any damage. He's not. um, He's not expected to need any surgery. He's being shut down for, I think, three or four weeks. And he he said today in in his media appearance, he's feeling good. His over the offseason, his velocity up to 97. I've seen nice. some, po- I don't know about you guys. I've seen some pockets of Yankee Yankees, Twitter hard panicking over this uh, lean. You have lots of opinions on Clark Schmidt kick us off.
1: I mean, all right. So first of all, I was actually going to say this before a few minutes before we started uh, recording, there was some more like good news about Schmidt that it was just like, not um, it, it's not like very serious. It's just the muscle issue. And like, he was, uh, really yeah, the MRI crazy. came back clean. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's what you were talking about too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was citing uh Christie Ackert's uh piece from the Daily News. That's why. Oh, but, nice. Yeah. Um, I saw people freaking out too, and like I kind of when I saw the news, I just left it all because I was like classic Yankees, another injury, whatever. But like, if we're being realistic here, Clark Schmidt had basically there was almost no chance that he Never was going to make happen. the opening day roster to begin Never. with. I would have been shocked if that was the case. Um. And I don't know, yeah, just my quick opinion about Clark Schmier, like what you were saying, Josh, I personally, I do think that Yankees fans overrate him a bit. I understand that he's had injury issues up until now in his career, but I definitely don't think he's going to be the kind of starter that we think he is. I am personally expecting him to be either a three or four upside is a three, Uh, but like Mm. I'm not complaining at all. I, I think he's gonna have a decent career. I think he's gonna be great for the Yankees whenever he is ready to join them at the major league level. They just he really just needs to get some playing time at double A and triple A. Yeah. I guess he's gonna go to triple A when he's ready, but you know that that that's my like two cents on Clark Schmidt. Yeah.
2: Totally uh, feel that.
0: Yeah. What are you thinking, Josh? You think uh what do you think Steel yeah. Schmidt? So
1: yeah, um so.
2: I just um I just found an article basically saying exactly what Lean just said, and that that makes a lot of sense of just starting him off in the minors. And because, like you guys mentioned, that for the starter is anyone's game, and especially going into the summer, if something were to happen, you have him right there, and he's coming off of an injury, and he's coming off of a an elbow injury, which is which is a big thing. So in my mind, you might as well just kind of stash him. And if you need him, he's right there. So it's basically, you know, low risk, but high reward. If he does, you know, come into the majors and, and, and do well.
1: Yeah, I think he'll definitely be back this season. Yeah, yeah. yeah he will pitch for the
2: Yankees. Let's just, okay, let's address
0: the elephant in the room that we all know exists. Clark Schmidt was rushed last year.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. He had
0: zero business being in the majors to begin with last year. I don't know why he was even on the Yankees' list. I mean, okay, I know why, because he had a great spring training before COVID.
1: And the Yankees and, had a pitching problem. So. Yeah,
0: and I'll fully admit, I fell into the Schmidt hype. I'm like, yo, give, give this guy a, um, a chance as the fifth starter. He looks good. He's got the nice fastball. The curveball sinks. He's got a decent slider or changeup. Right. Um, but then, I, uh, Lee and you mentioned this to me as well, and then I actually crunched the numbers. The man has thrown, including double-A and MLB last year, he has thrown 25 and a third innings above A ball.
1: Right.
0: And it's not like a Mike King situation where he just kind of raced through the ranks and then he ran into elbow trouble and had some time to rebound and refine Mm -hmm. himself. He's uh, continuing to improve himself. Clark Mm -hmm. Schmidt, unless... Okay, so he's not pitching or throwing in a game for at least another couple of weeks, right? Yeah. So I think that... In that case, the goal should be start the season at Double A Somerset yes. with with the hope of a quick promotion to Triple A Scranton Wilkes Barre. Yes, because yeah, yeah because and he that, he needs reps. He needs like, reps. He needs to face live hitters in games and just kind of get his head right with fans in the stands again. And then, knock on wood, if he if someone gets hurt, he can come up make make a spot start. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe next year, the um depending on what the Yankees do with Kluber and Tyone, he can be that that number th- uh, three or four, or me may- or maybe somewhere down the road, maybe like a, a low to mid tier two. He's yeah. not ever gonna be an ace because he's already twenty five years old. Yeah. And he and last year was he lost a critical year of development.
1: Yeah. So
0: He was never going to make the opening day roster to begin with. Uh, It sucks that he's injured when anybody gets injured. This is not a catastrophic injury by any stretch of the imagination. Right.
1: For sure. I mean, Josh, I completely agree with what you were saying about him starting in double A. That's what I want him to do too, especially since he he's injured right now. I think double A would be best. Like you said, quick promotion to triple A. And then uh, like I, I just mentioned to Kiyoshi, I think, uh, Mm-hmm. I fully expect him to uh, to be in the MLB at some point this season. Just at least make a few appearances, and next year, yeah, he has a legit shot at having a legit role with the team.
0: Trade to the Mets for Syndergaard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of the Mets, speaking of the Mets, let's uh, let's talk about them. We haven't ha- talked about them on the show in nearly uh, enough time. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. uh, But Jacob Degrom's got a, a little buddy following him.
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, a little
0: buddy following him. It's so cute.
1: Matthew Allen, one of the Mets' uh, top prospects, their best pitching prospect too. uh, kids an absolute stud. They completely stole him when in the draft. Um got him in the 3rd round when he's a first-round talent. Uh the Mets basically tasked him with just following Jacob DeGrom around everywhere. It's so cute. And honestly, like that's recipe for success. You want your top pitching prospect to be following around the best pitcher on the planet just twenty four seven. So, jeez, man. Alan is Allen is still needs
2: his job is basically just to shadow him.
1: Yeah, basically, bro. God, th-
0: this guy is wait. This guy turns twenty in April. What the hell am I doing with my life, man?
1: Isn't it crazy, Josh? What,
0: what have I done? Like, I <laughs> oh god, like I'm retiring. I'm retiring from the show. You guys can carry it on without me. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Can we pon- need you, Grandpa. I'm gonna go sit in the corner and ponder my life choices. Exactly. We
2: need, yeah. We we need balance.
1: Yeah, bro. You, you and, need the, you know, we you all need old dog to watch
0: the yard. <laughs> <laughs> I need to keep you two yes. from going on crazy. Yes. Going totally. crazy. Oh my gosh. Um yep. totally. Yeah, but totally. but the Mets there. <clears throat> I feel like there's something else going on with the Mets besides DeGrom and Allen oh, that we were supposed to touch on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I, I have a list right here. Yeah, um, yeah. but, we, yeah, we, but like, DeGrom, about some of their new acquisitions. Oh, Josh, go ahead. Yeah,
0: Please just me. real quick. I mean, Allen, nothing bad is going to come from Allen and DeGrom hanging out together. They're both Florida guys.
1: Yeah. And
0: mm-hmm. one is an absolute beast on the mound.
1: Yeah. And the so, other is going to be an absolute beast on the mound. So it's appropriate.
0: Let's see how the Mets cleaned up the right. minor league system post. Well, upon them, we'll talk.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, yeah, we, didn't, we never talked about Taiwan Walker signing oh with the Oh my god.
0: Mets. I am
1: so I'm actually
0: jealous of the Mets in this regard. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. We we talked about how much we wanted him, how much we wanted yeah. the Yankees to get.
0: Him. I, yeah, Taiwan Walker for for the Mets, that's a great acquisition. He looked really good last year with the Blue Jays and the Mariners. He's had a long road back. but He's had some elbow trouble, I think he had a shoulder problem uh you couldn't quite get it right with the diamondbacks but he's kind of reinvented himself he's learning how to pitch to soft contact and with the Mets I think that it's a really it's a prime spot for him it's a low-key great signing
1: oh yeah for sure and (laughs) it adds some great depth to an already elite rotation and imagine like that rotation once Syndergaard comes back in July as well that's uh it's definitely scary but the Mets are for sure gonna have to hope that he can uh Duplicate his success uh from last year. So and I personally think mm. he will. That's why I wanted the Yankees to sign him. So I mean, looking
0: at the Mets rotation now, you got DeGrom, Cookie, Stroh, Taiwan Walker, David Peterson until um <clears throat> excuse me, until Syndergaard comes back. As long as the offense scores runs, that's a good rotation to have. Oh
1: yeah. That's which a it, really dangerous one.
2: Which it definitely could, and we'll get to the parts of the Mets line up in a little bit but yeah you're right i mean the mets are definitely set up to succeed i'm actually looking up uh time on helen walker's stats right now after he got traded to toronto his ear his era i mean granted it was uh just six it was just six starts his era was one through seven uh yeah. let's see what else we got his yeah so strike i mean he basically you know average about what what was his what was his fip in toronto his fip was ooh 4.14 in toronto oh yes was, oh wow yeah, so he got really, he got really lucky it was in it was uh no but but, it, but his, his his total his his total fip was was 4.56
0: 4.56 for an overall 2.70 all right okay so he got a little lucky last year right. wow um, but even but even but so is that his
2: total ERA his total ERA is is uh is two seventy so uh, yeah this is, they, a, this is but a then when you fact
0: when you factor in it it, it sounds like his fielding uh, his the infield bailed him out a lot is What it sounds Mm. like because otherwise otherwise this FIP would be closer to the actual ERA.
1: Yeah, but even
0: so, like it's a it's a great deal for the Mets because it's two years, 20 million plus an option. If things go south in New York, that's a movable deal. And the Mets won't have to won't have to tack any money onto it.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's a fucking bargain. I wouldn't say it's a bargain. I'd say
0: I'd say it's market value for Walker.
1: No, this is
2: the way that we all think he should. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's it, it's a good deal. Yeah, and Josh, right. like you said, uh, I'm I'm definitely jealous. So I, I mean, mean that
0: that's not to say I'm pessimistic about the Yankees rotation this year because the more I watch and listen to Kluber and Tyone, it seems yeah. that they've really they've really come in ready to go. Yeah, like they were talking with Cressy, with Matt Blake, with Garrett Cole. I mean, Cole and Tyone pretty much have a bromance that's also equally adorable. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but either way, like Taiwan Walker, he just has that unique arm where as much as I enjoy the fifth starter competition for the Yankees, any all, of all the guys who are in that competition, whenever they, whenever they take the mound, I'm going to be holding my breath.
1: Oh yeah. Like, it Where, would, like you said, we enjoy the competition, but it would be much more comfortable to just have a guy like Walker, who you don't worry about as who doesn't much.
0: require blood pressure medication on the side.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let, let's talk about another big signing that the Mets made, uh, sure. Ke- Kevin Pillar. So like going into the season, as, as you guys know, uh, mm-hmm. the Mets, so basically last year they had Brandon Brandon Nimmo Manning center field and uh,
0: future husband, Brandon Nimmo.
1: Love him. Anyway, um, uh, Brandon Nimmo, absolutely adorable. He, uh, he's very good in left. He is not very good in center as we saw last year. He was actually one of the worst defenders at his position while playing in center field for the Mets. So obviously going into the offseason, people were thinking like, oh, center field, like a significant upgrade there is going to be one of the biggest priorities for the Mets during the offseason. And that's why we all thought that George Springer was flushing bound. Obviously ended up not being the case. He went to Toronto The Mets first, uh, they signed Albert Almora Jr., Um, and that was a little odd because obviously he's a defensive upgrade over Nemo, but like he doesn't really bring much offense, especially as of late, the bat's not really there. And then they went and signed Kevin Pilar, which is a little uh, interesting. Kevin Pillar last year had like career high numbers offensively. But and but we already knew that Pilar, you know, brought, was a really good uh, had has a really good glove and does really well in the outfield. Um, Josh, as okay. you know, Keo Shadow, you know,
0: his fieldings his fielding metrics right now yeah. for center field.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I write for uh, Rising Apple, which is fan sided Mets blog, and right now I'm writing a piece about why the Mets should not platoon Kevin Pilar with Brandon Nimmo. Uh, I want to know what you guys thought of it. I personally don't think so because. Brandon Nimmo offensively he's consistently really good and I think he's like always been really really underrated especially in terms of like getting on base and stuff and um Kevin Pillar is coming off of a career year and he looked really good in Colorado but uh I I don't know I still I I personally give the edge to Nimmo not defensively but I still would want to see Nimmo out there on most days uh for the Mets just wanted to know if you guys agree or disagree
0: I mean, I'm looking at his stats right now. Um, so yeah, he did look he did play well in Colorado last year, but it's easy to for a hitter to look good in course That's field. A thing. Yeah. And I also looked at his defensive metrics. He's actually gotten worse over the last few years.
1: But like, he's still infinitely better than Nemo.
0: I mean, you're setting a low bar, but he hasn't posted a positive outs above average since uh, his short stint with the, his, like when he was at the Blue Jays in 2019.
1: Well, what was Center his uh, what was his OAA last year, Josh?
0: OAA last year across two teams was negative one.
1: Okay, I mean, yeah, Nimos, If I'm not mistaken, last oh, year. Wait, oh, oh wait! Oh wait! No! No! No!
0: No! Hold on. Um. All right. So against. Oh no! I'm sorry. Twenty twenty. his OAA last year negative two.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Well, I yeah. mean, that's the thing. No. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? That that actually kind of adds to that bolsters my argument a little bit because like that's another reason why maybe they shouldn't platoon them because okay he is a defensive upgrade over Nimo but like not by that much to like have Nimo playing less you know
2: I mean Kiyoshi, where are you at with this um yeah I'm looking at, at Pilar's stats you know he seems like a pretty decent player yeah um, I mean like a, I mean he got, was a very a he was a decent a, player at some point. Yeah got an OPS of seven ninety eight Slugging of 462 hits pretty well. He's not per se a power hitter because his total he only had six home runs and uh, how many RBIs? 26. So, but also that was a certain season. So maybe we'll see, you know, what happens if you know when uh hopefully we have a, a full 162 season. So
0: so here's something interesting some I just because I, I just I just looked up uh Nemo's OAA for center field. Last year, it was negative four. So last year was particularly bad. Every other year of his career, he's posted a positive OAA in a center field. Grant, I mean, gr- granted, it's it's always been at one. So he's not an elite center fielder by any stretch, but he's not, I guess, he's not completely useless in center is my point. Last year, he was just, he was just extra bad.
1: Yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, like, last year he played more in center than, like, he has been playing for the most part in past seasons. So that's just kind of what worries me. And, again, like, being one of the worst players at your position is never ideal, like, even if it is an anomaly. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I I can understand the argument for sure that, you know, Pilar would be, like, a better option defensively. But I personally would not sit, like, Nemo's bat – just for Pilar, who's not even that much better, you know, defensively speaking. Um, but actually, this kind of shifts into the last thing we should talk about for the Mets. Um, we didn't really talk about how there's not going to be a DH Bullshit. Uh, this year in the NL, NO, which is so bad, uh, especially for the Mets, because the Mets, we've talked about this multiple times, they, they definitely would have benefited from a univer- the universal DH more than any other team in the NL. And now you're just going to have a lot of guys with good bats fighting over a spot in the lineup. Whereas you're going to have every day, like Syndergaard or Stroman who cannot hit to save their lives, like just a lock in the lineup. And it, it it's appalling to me. What do I,
0: mean? I actually think something good is going to come out of this. And let me tell you why. What has been the running joke on the Mets for, let's say the last five years, they have like two people, they have like two people in their analytics department. Yeah.
1: Right. I think that now yeah. with
0: this influx of bats and with Steve Cohen investing more money in researching analytics and understanding analytics, you can kind of look at guys like Dom Smith and Nimo and whoever, and just go, "Okay, uh, what kind of pitchers on the mound today? How do these guys? How do all these guys do up against this type of pitch?" Okay, let's just play the matchups. It's not it, like you can't do that forever. Yeah. That's not sustainable for a whole season but it's almost like a way think of it as almost like a revolving door DH for the outfield and first base and other positions. Josh,
1: that's definitely fair, but it's like, actually it's good that you mentioned Dom Smith because that's what I wanted to focus on for me especially after the season he had last year it's low key a crime for Dom Smith to not be playing every day so like it might be nice that he like you said revolving door i i like what you just said about that that is nice that he's going to be getting you know plate appearances and playing but mm. well, i don't Tom know Smith finished playing.
0: 13th in MVP voting last year you
1: see what i'm saying he was he wasn't mm. good he was like elite last year bro and it's like finally he should be there every day he should be in the lineup every day so
2: and, and may i just add on. one thing sorry no 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 no, no, go, ahead, no, no go, ahead, Yoshi, go ahead one thing about doms about dom smith is he he had a i feel even just as an outsider he had a big year in up in, in multiple ways so obviously he put up numbers but also he Help! He helped with the Black Lives Matter movement. He really did. And I think it's also kind of weird that we're in Black History Month and we haven't really touched per se on Black History. But I guess I'll be. I I guess you know it's 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 the
0: last one of the last days of February. No better time than now. So I think to
2: and um I think to have Dom Smith be kind of a voice for to to some degree for Black baseball players and to talk about the injustices that that it will actually partly had to do with him but i think for the most part had to do with everything that was going on last year i mean obviously amidst the pandemic but admit amidst the riots. i mean josh you probably know about everything about um all the all the shit that was happening in the bronx last year yeah you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. i think for him to kind of try to shed a light on the the injustices that that have been going on within our country within maybe well i want to say within baseball maybe within baseball i mean because we all know that baseball as much as we love the sport it has a bit of a problem it has a little bit of a problematic past and i think it really does so um i don't see he definitely should be starter and do you mind real quick if, if we uh kind of transition really quick to the Top 100, or did you guys have anything else? To uh, I
0: to just run? wanted to say real one more thing on the Dom yes. Smith front. Like, I really appreciated what um how vocally was last year, just to kind of bare his soul at that press conference and just yeah, afraid to let the chip. He the was
2: crying. He was legitimately bawling out. He was like bawling.
1: I watched that video like maybe five times. Yeah. Uh, like after it happened, and I literally cried every single time. That was so powerful. What he was saying. And it just makes you hate everything that's going on. And like,
0: obviously, as a straight white man, I cannot, I cannot relate or, for lack of a better word, almost appreciate what he's saying. But I, like I said, athletes—they're always told, like we we see it with Zlatan and LeBron right now—they're having like the the stick to sports pissing contest, which is Um, so
2: fucking dumb. It's so yeah.
0: yeah, Zlatan, no, like you haven't been relevant for five years. Go away.
1: Zlatan right. is also like such a hypocrite. My dad and I were just talking about this. He uh, he's like half Muslim. You kind of hear it in his name, like Ibrahimovic. Like that's like a Muslim name. Well, and yeah, because
0: he, really, he he was he's born in Sweden, but his he's his, like
1: half Bosnian. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, and,
0: um, and yeah, it's like his mom's Bosnian or his dad's Bosnian. Mm, I think. Yeah. His, I think his mom's Persian, something like that.
1: No, I think his mom mm. is Swedish.
2: Hmm
0: i thought he was just born in sweden because they, his parents were just both living there but back, backtracking like what i wanted to say about dom smith so we can get to the so because we're running out of time and we got a lot more to cover mm-hmm. um dom smith with that press conference almost kind of assumed the mantle of adam jones another very mm. prominent black mm. ball player who's been very vocal about how they're no,
2: bringing that up that's a very good point how
0: like they, they aren't how like adam jones he, he made a, he made a great point in an interview with jeff passing years ago when he passed him was still at yahoo he said there aren't enough black players in major league baseball, because if you look at the decisions that are being made in the sport, they are white made decisions. Mm. Yeah. And like, and like, if you look up at MLB and the executive level and there, there's another piece in the athletics saying how with all these youth programs, it's becoming a meritocracy because they're investing only in the affluent communities instead of going to let's say South central LA where Daryl strawberry was hitting bombs when he was like 14 years old. going Or down even the- Harlem. Yeah, going to Harlem or even Tampa. Like there's so many, there's so many communities and talented players mm-hmm. who are dying, literally dying to be seen. Right. Like, watch play the sport. And, and and just because like it's better to go someplace or it's easier rather for MLB to go to the suburbs where there's not not just the sports organization, but all these wealthy backers who are pouring money, like like vomiting money. Right. Into into this sport, and then you got all these all these young black and Latino uh men, not just in the United States, all over all over the world, who can play are probably some of them are probably better than the guys we see getting getting uh, drafted, mm-hmm. and yet they have to fight even harder just to be seen. I,
2: I agree, Josh. One one other thing I I think is quite interesting is how I feel like the MLB is in, is investing in in. POCs they're investing, especially in Central America, having you know, trying to have a foothold. I think they already have a foothold in NDR, in PR, in Colombia, in all these countries that produce talent, which is great. Don't get me wrong. However, why not invest some of those resources, like you said, into the into those inner communities? Because shit, at one point, uh baseball was mostly black back in the 70s.
0: In yeah, the eighties, um, it was
2: mostly black. It was I, cool to play baseball. I, I looked, now, in, I looked into this.
0: I, I looked into the percentages of black players across the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the peak came sometime in the eighties, and where like I think the the high for black play, players in the league was. I think it, even then it was only about like eighteen to twenty percent, and now it's and ever since ninety five is it is uh, progressively
2: dropped slowly but surely it's really hard no no granted now something that tory hunter at one point had said uh, said years ago that tory hunter said that baseball isn't hip-hop which it's not we like the only person that kind of brought baseball to be kind of cool again if you really think about it was nelly and even that's right. That's I always like, forget he's he's a talented ball player when he was. Yeah, like, a and e- and even even with that, that was like back in the early 2000s. Yeah, so like if oh, there's oh, a oh, way to make baseball cool, especially for specifically for black players, because Dominic, because like Dominican players, Puerto Rican players, they're good. Cuban players, they're set. Like they have, I think, a better and, and naturally a better path to the MLB just because of where than making public is. It's always hot, it's always baseball um, weather, so it's perfect. But I think to invest some of that, some of those, I guess some of that capital, some of that financial uh, power into the black communities, into the, the 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 shitty looking outfield or shitty looking fields that are in Spanish Harlem, I think there's a couple that have passed like a couple years ago, reinvested into that to encourage Especially black players to play to kind of create, because I feel like the MLB is already a diverse place anyway, uh, just in terms of na- in terms of nations. But I'm to not have it more diverse in terms of black specifically. And I'll admit I'm I'm singling out black players, but there's it's for a reason. Like you just said, numbers are dwindling. So in order to create that, uh, I uh, guess a bit of equity. I don't- any, kiyoshi any.
0: sorry i don't mean to i don't mean to interrupt you but we don't yeah. have, we have like five to ten minutes left i know we're oh, going to yeah. talk about sorry. top 100. let's All make right. a note right now next month we're, like our next show we are going we're going to talk yankees talk Mets. but next show let's make a point of continuing this conversation because i really like where we're going with it
2: appreciate it it's yeah good. absolutely
0: absolutely uh but yeah uh kiyoshi let's uh, hand uh, the driver's seat over to you right now let's uh, talk some uh top 100 players in mlb and the yankees and mets who are involved Who right.
2: we got? so I'm um, first going to start off with the Mets. I thought it was interesting that the Mets have one, two, three, four, have seven, seven and the Yankees right. have one, two, three, four, five. Also have seven. All so right. Seven and f- seven. Going from seven bottom drink. to top. And guys, let me know what you guys think. So 89, Brandon Nimmo, 67, Dominic Smith, 66, Pete Alonzo, 35, Jeff McNeil, 34, Mike Conforto. Fifteen, Francisco Lindor, which is kind of cheating because those are basically numbers from from the Indians, and number three was Jacob Degrom. So off of that list, what do you got? What do you guys think? Uh Lean, you go first.
1: Um, actually, can you because I want to talk about a comparison, Josh? You might know what I'm talking about. So, Kiyoshi, read the Yankees, and then we'll do, and then we'll okay. We'll talk yeah,
0: because we him. we legit gotcha. have have like five ten have
2: like gotcha. five minutes. So, so. um. Giancarlo Sen, 97. Uh, Gio Orcella, Ursh- sorry, 78. Labor Torah, 64. Luke Voigt, 41. Aaron Judge, 21. Uh, wait, hold on. Um, Lemayhu 11. And Cole at 7.
0: I mean, I think Cole and Lemayhu are placed perfectly.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I personally, uh, think, um, what? Honest, and I'm
2: sorry, Lain. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead, go ahead. I think that Lemayhu being the batting leader should have been at least five. Like he was, um, he was the batting leader. He can play literally all over the infield, and and you can't. And and don't forget his bat. His his batting average when men on base is probably closer to 400. It seemed like every single time there was a man on base, he hit a home run
0: or at
2: at least a double.
0: I wonder if if him being 11, because I fully agree with what you said. I wonder if him being 11 has to do with like the, the last few weeks of the season last year. Cause like, I don't know if you guys noticed this. I noticed that LeMayu had a big problem with that 12-6 curve. Like, it would yeah. drop down and he would always miss.
1: He slumped a bit. Also, bro, yeah. like, if you look at the – if you look at guys who would be – who he would be passing, like, mm. I don't know. I personally – I'm not taking DJ LeMahieu over Juan Soto, like, based on last year. Yeah, and if we're being honest, I'm not taking him over Ronald Acuna Jr. either. So I, I don't know. And Josh, you yeah. bring up a really important point that he did go through a little bit of a rough stretch. Also, we can't forget, LeMahieu did miss a little bit of time last yeah, it was year. A yeah. yeah, so that might have oh, been yeah. a factor, too. But I don't know. Yeah, he might be a little low. Um, something that uh, just I just want to talk about Brandon Nimmo for a second towards mm-hmm. the bottom of the list. Uh, right. Josh and I talked about this when we were when we appeared on Bleacher Creatures uh, Brandon Nimmo being ahead of Giancarlo Stanton is low key comedy like I said I uh, I think Brandon Nimmo is a very underrated player and I do think he's really really good and consistent but like I think Stanton's injury problems are making people forget mm, just yeah. how amazing this dude right. is and right. I, he Totally be 97 agree. if we're being honest here like there are a lot of players who are worse than him that are ahead on this list yeah and, like
0: right. look I, I get that Stanton hasn't played in basically two years at this point mm-hmm. but it just 97 isn't yeah, let, let but, come on dude
2: honestly I there was a part of me that was worried that if he would even even make if he would even make the list just because no, of all the injuries he, he's got, because still got to make the list he out still a lot. Has to. i i i was i was worried i was honestly <laughs> worried. i was like
1: clearly that's a fair concern because he finished 97 so he barely made the list right
2: so now <laughs> so in my mind i'm like and he's only in 97 only because he missed so much time so just imagine if him taking yoga maybe some pilates who knows and he's less injury- the full, problems, the full suburban flexible. mom package
0: I'm sorry. Yogan Pilates, the full (laughs) suburban mom package.
2: Listen, listen, there's a there's a reason there may be a method to the madness. Yeah. And watch. Maybe he, you know, explodes and, you know, hits 280, hits 40 and 120 and then fucking shoots up to like 10. You know what I'm saying? So
0: like one one thing I have on the Yankee side, Luke was where? 41.
2: Yeah. Luke was 41. All right, that even even that I think is a little too low because he led. I mean, all oh, granted, it was, it was he led the league with home runs with twenty. He still led the league, and I feel like that should if if it's low, something.
0: Uh, see, it, I think that's low, but it's not low by much because Luke Voigt, We've okay, so he came over in what was it, twenty eighteen?
2: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, twenty
0: eighteen comes over from the Cardinals. Race, great. Greg Bird, who Luke Voigt, boom, right. we got him. 2019 he looks good up until the london series when he when he strained that core muscle and then he was never the same after that. i think he got left off the playoff roster at one point but then last year we saw luke voigt we saw him have the power he plays through the foot injury we could see just how uncomfortable he was
1: right he was
0: doing what greg bird could never do and actually play through a foot thing Mm. Um, let and alone so,
2: just fucking play for
0: Yeah, you know, well my wife owns breakfast right. jersey so hopefully she doesn't come in and decapitate me for she, she
2: might need to, to trade that in <laughs> she seriously might need to trade that in
0: yeah seriously um, but I think that last year we saw we got finally got a taste of what Luke Voigt can be but now with all this, all this talk of MLB deadening the ball like I don't know right. I, we're gonna see a dip in power I just don't know how much Yeah. but hopefully Luke Voigt, like I said 41 seems low for me, I don't know if I'd put them any higher than 35 just because yeah,
1: i like, why not. Cause like, if you look at the list, like I'm, I'm looking at the list right now, like the guys, I like I definitely look for example Jose Abreu is thirty one like you're obviously not putting Luke Voigt ahead of Jose Abreu you're know, you no. putting yeah. Trevor Bauer at twenty nine yeah. who won the Cy Young last year you're not putting him ahead of Bauer you know what I mean yeah. Sandra Bogart. I mean I, I mean Lean
0: Lean you're touching on a big flaw flaw on this on this list to begin with because pitching because uh, pitching and hitting are so different and we should do top one hundred hitters top one hundred pitchers that's oh, what they should have that's, done th-
1: that's, that, that's a that would whole be interesting. other issue i completely agree with that yeah, yeah.
2: that would be um, interesting because then you might see all of the players that that we named you know really get get ranked properly because they're getting ranked within within positions like pitchers are ra- are being compared with other now, pitchers and now hitters De- Degrom
0: was three it, right and other hitters
1: yeah
0: now now who's ahead of Degrom? one and two
1: Who's One is
0: group? trout and two is Mookie Betts. Yep. All right. I mean, I can't really argue with that. Yeah,
1: the top yeah. of the list is actually where, okay. Like where,
0: where's mean, Tatis?
1: Tatis is six. I, I can live with Tatis being mm.
0: six.
2: That's, but the thing, the thing is for me with that top three, I think putting Mike Trout honestly, this could be a hot take. I feel like they I feel like they're still, dare I say it, on this podcast, kind of sort of riding his dick. <laughs>
1: because Wait, I didn't hear you. Would you say they're kind?
2: Of, I feel like I feel like the MLB network is kind of sort of riding. Oh, riding.
1: Oh, oh. Right. Here's
2: why. Here's why I'm saying this. Jacob Degrom is is a beast. all right Mookie Betts is also a beast and has a ring. Mike Trout, yes, he's a beast. Five two player. He has. I don't think he's ever made or even won a playoff series. He's never been to the playoffs. He's no shit. You, know
1: she, you she, just proved
2: I, my point. He's never made the playoffs. Is he a great player? Yes. He's a great he player yeah, on a mediocre team. Maybe you're not, I understand. Maybe
1: four. No, no, maybe, listen. Maybe listen. three. No, I understand what you're saying completely because your argument is totally valid, but there are some guys that are exempt from the same, from the criteria of other players, and Mike Trout is absolutely one of them. This dude is generational. He is the best player on the planet. I don't know how long it's going to be until we see a guy of Mike Trout's caliber. I think he's exempt from this rule he is number one every year as long as he keeps producing at this rate there are some guys that are just different bro Like Connor McDavid with hockey, I don't care that he doesn't go to the playoffs, same thing. There are just some guys, Patrick Mahomes in football, like, no. These generational talents, they're in a league of their own. Even if he didn't, though, let's say that he didn't, right? He's still, he's still, no. He's
2: still like a Mm -hmm. crazy talent.
1: Yeah, you can't. Like Mike Trout being even two is blasphemous, in my opinion. My whole thing is,
2: don't you feel like all of this talent, all of what he brings to the team should equate – to, to wins, and those wins, if added up, should equate to making that's, the playoffs. Jo- that's and that the thing has like, not happened.
1: Josh, I don't no. know how you feel about it. Kiyoshi, clearly, like, now we know how you do. I personally hate that argument more than anything because I think that some insanely good players get stuck in really crappy situations and like Mike, Mike Trout is absolutely not the reason that the Angels don't go to the playoffs because Mike That's, Trout yeah. on any other team yeah. is literally he's bringing in the rings bro he would have had like five rings by now no it, it is I don't care that they don't win it's not his fault and right.
2: and, I, and I do agree with you it, it's not his fault i just feel I okay now that you said that it, it brings it, it does make things a bit more complex and i do agree with you lean that they that if anything it's a failure really on the angels yeah for sure it, it really is so uh, i just i still guys guys i hate to uh, yeah. hash this
1: next week yeah, yeah guys so I, I hate to interrupt but I'm we sorry. are
0: we are officially out of time this was a great show great discussion we will pick this up very soon next week i will we are going to text each other later to coordinate a day next week that works for everybody yes um anyway thanks for listening to yankees mets express lots of lively discussion today i love every second of it uh you can find me on twitter at josh besny uh what about you guys at lean underscore amin
2: and you can find me at it's kiyoshi uh hit me you know follow me back say what's up and um happy you guys are listening
0: Absolutely. And don't forget, guys, tomorrow, Yankees first spring training game at one o'clock on Yes Network. Seven innings. Mike King getting the start. Let's see how that third pitch works. Uh, thanks for listening. And as always uh, on Yankees Mets Express, stand clear of the closing doors. Ding, ding. Peace.